Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Yes, it's a fucking goat indeed. So welcome to another episode. So obviously that's a reference to Josh Goder. So today's just a bit of a draft recap. Um, obviously, I'm not going to talk too much about the rookie list, um, rookie draft that happened today. We, we redrafted uh, Jared Polak. But uh, I was joined by Lachlan Gould again. Um, you may remember him from a previous show I did about a month ago with him. Just talked about... Uh, the prospects coming up, and we just did a recap of all the draft picks we did. Uh, uh, Paul Curtis, Miller Bergman, didn't talk much about um, Jason Orn Francis, not much to talk about there. Um, everyone's uh, talked about him to death. Um, Josh Goder, the, the fucking goat, as uh, we call him. And yeah, touched on Jackson Archer a little bit. So yeah, I'll um, put him straight on now. All right, so I'm joined again by a draft expert, Lachlan Gould. Um, we obviously finished the draft yesterday, Lachlan. How did you see the draft? Any real um, shocks to you or anything like that? Um, there were a few. There were a few shocks, but uh, as I said last time, it was still a fairly midfield heavy draft. Um, yeah. Obviously, there were the the uh, key position players like Amis and Gibkus and Darcy, yeah. and uh, I did find it interesting that there were 65 picks. Um, which was more than last year. I would have thought it would have would have been slightly less than last year, just due to the fact the pandemic had been going for longer. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, interesting the clubs managed to do that, and uh, the trade front was interesting as well with the uh, swap of picks during the draft. Yeah. It wasn't really much happening there until the uh, the future fourths were used. Yeah, in yeah. That back true. end in the back end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's one. Um, there's one trade that didn't go through. Was it the Adelaide one in the second round? Um. I don't yeah. know if you heard. Anything, I don't know if you heard anything about that. Do you know much about that one? Uh, yeah. So I had it. I had it explained to me. Adelaide had tried to use picks that they traded away in the trade period. Oh right. Okay. So obviously AFL rejected that pretty pretty quickly then. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, I don't that would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that one would have been fair on the other clubs. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. I suppose I can understand it. I think uh, I think Melbourne were trying to go up at that stage, and I'm pretty sure they got the player they wanted anyway. So at thirty nine, yeah. so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think um, like at a, I think the first ten or twelve picks were pre- went uh, pretty much in order. Do you think it opened up a bit when uh, Leaker Lee went at number fifteen? That was that was a real shock. I mean, I said yeah. last time that I thought. Pick twenty four and was a little bit too high. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, that's something that I still stand by. Yeah. So uh, I wonder, I wonder what GWS saw, but that really threw, I think, a few clubs into a little bit of a uh, of a scramble there. Yeah, yeah. And there was even a couple after that that sort of um maybe though yeah like you sort of seen a couple of defenders went after that as well while like Tom Brown went mm. um, pretty. Uh, pretty much after that, and then in the twenties, it sort of went a bit midfield heavy, didn't it? So you sort of seen the Matt mm. Johnsons and 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 so forth go after that. So yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Do you think that's one of the reasons? It looked like one of the reasons why GWS wanted to move down uh, in the draft. They probably wanted thought thought they wanted uh, Leek Alier, and maybe they thought they'd get him in the twenties and try to try to pick fifteen. I guess, but um, it didn't work out for him. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, like you said, there wasn't that uh, many many um, draft pick swaps. They they sort of happened um, later in the fourth round. Or, you know, a few few project players, I suppose, teams were trying to just get at the end mm. sort of players that uh, weren't getting drafted. 
Um, look, you're sort of saying there was 65 players selected. Um, do you know how many – like, I know there was about 20-odd picks in the rookie, the preseason draft. Don't worry about that. There was only two picks. Um, and a lot of them were, like, recycled players, like, that were already on a list that had been delisted and they relist them. Um, does that uh, sort of balance out? That um, Because I think last year there was probably more rookie picks, wasn't there? Uh, last year, I think, yeah, there were slightly more rookie picks. And then, of course, you throw on the uh, the mid-season draft uh, as well yeah. In, yeah. in the middle of the year. So, I think, in ter- yeah, so there, there, were more, there were more rookie picks slightly yeah. last year. I think there were 59 picks in the main draft last year. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Mate, yeah, yeah, with the mid-season draft and the rookie draft put together, they were probably about the same. Yeah. Uh, this year... Sorry, what was your question again? I've, uh, I've just yeah, no, yeah, I can't remember myself. I was sort of saying, um, <laughs> like with the the sixty five draft picks, and with the rookie, like with the rookie draft, um, there was a lot of recycled players, so it sort of balanced out all, all up. That um, you know, like there's probably more rookie listed uh, draft picks last year, and this year there was a lot less, so it sort of balances out. There's probably about you know eighty players really. Um, all up that uh, got drafted, whereas last year was probably about the same count in the rookie list, I suppose. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, yeah I, I mean, it's like a lot of teams did delist and um, in the promise of um, relisting players, didn't they? So, yeah, once they delisted mm-hmm. them, so I think a lot of teams are reluctant to get rid of players these days, which makes it hard to get on an AFL list when you really think about it. So, yeah. Um, did you also notice that um, I noticed with the WA teams? That uh, yeah, they were picking a lot of homegrown talent. Even Geelong picked a few Geelong Falcons uh, players. Like, is that um, a strategy to make sure the players don't leave after a certain amount of years, like three or four years, they want to go home? Yeah, I think uh, the Fremantle Dockers especially got very lucky with the fact that um, they just had that kind of natural homegrown talent around their picks. Yeah. So. They were. They probably entered the draft thinking they were going to get two, two kids, and then have to go back to Victoria for pick twenty-one. They yeah. were lucky in the fact that Maddie Johnson did happen to slip through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, and I was listening to the uh, Road to the Draft show that they do on AFL.com. That the recruiters say that is an a strategy that comes into it. Whether or not I believe them is a different story. Yeah. Because you have a look at uh, Adam Chera that left in October during the trade period to Carlton. Yeah. And why it's nice to get those picks back in, it's not the same as developing a player for four years and then having him go play for a rival. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's just doing your rival a favour. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I suppose another thing is, like, with the COVID-affected years the last couple of years, they probably haven't had, um, you know, like, uh, recruiters look at players in Melbourne and so forth like that. They've probably been able to just watch the local talent, so they've probably got more of a um, gauge as to how good of a player is locally rather than actually um, in a state like in South Australia or hidden away in Brisbane or Queensland or yeah. something like that. So that might have played a part in it as well. So anyways, we move on. Um, so what can you tell us about Josh Goder, North Melbourne's uh, second-round pick? Uh, well, I'm just going to say, what a steal for North. I, I think I had him... I did a little uh, draft list just uh, before the draft began. I had him at about 15. So, oh, for him okay. to get through to 22 is an absolute steal for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a versatile mid. Uh, and, he, uh, and he's got and he's one of the best athletes in the draft. Uh, he uses his athletic traits to escape congestion. I like yeah. his contestant work and his outside run. Uh, yeah. 
And I think the fact that he's versatile can work to his advantage with your team, with your best 22. I think if you started him at halfback and slowly transitioned him into the midfield, uh, that would work for you guys. Yeah, I was just about to ask you. You think he sort of starts as a backman? Like, I I think he does as like a halfback flanker and then he may push into midfield because he is 190 centimetres, which is quite tall, and he's probably only going to grow a few more centimetres over the next few years, he's probably still growing. So, yeah, I mean, it might, uh, yeah, it might be a, a key asset. I mean, tall midfielders are hard to find. Like, you don't find a Marcus Bonds and Pelly. And I'm not, con- and I'm not comparing Josh Goder to Marcus Bonds and Pelly, but they are quite tough to find, aren't they? Those 190 centimetre midfielders that move around like that. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised yeah. by that one. Like, I was, I was, I was happy that he slipped down because I heard he was going 15, 16, 17. But, um, yeah, a few players like Lee Lear and a couple of others sort of pushed up, didn't they? So, and made some players slip down a bit, didn't they? So, yeah, no, I was, I was happy to get him. So, definitely, we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, so, mm. if you were drafting for North and with the players that went after our after Josh Goder, um, would you have selected him, or would you have selected someone else, like someone that um, just went after him, or anything like that? Um. I might have gone Tyler Sonzi. Yeah. Just based off the fact. Uh, did I? I did have notes there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, ju- yeah, just based off the fact that um, I think he's. Yeah, I, I had notes. I've disappeared. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah, where did, he, uh, where did yeah, he end up going anyway? He went at pick 28 or something, didn't he? He slipped to Richmond, didn't he? Was that... Yeah, so 28 with uh, with Richmond. There wasn't much of a difference. I think Sonzi, he he was uh, picked to go top five at the beginning of the year, but he's quite a balanced midfielder, and I think that might have helped you guys a little bit more than having someone on the outside, just yeah. purely outside. Yeah, Goda, yeah. but uh, you've certainly got a you've certainly got a steal in Goda, as I said before. So yeah, yeah. So but you would have gone yeah. Sponzi one and Goda second two. Sort of like probably yeah. in that order, yeah. With the with the sort of um, that uh, players that went after yeah. them, I suppose. So yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that's still not a bad effort. I think with Sonzi, we've got a lot of his type of midfielders already. So might maybe that played a hand. In. I don't know. Yeah, you, know, you know, I've always been an advocate of selecting best player available. So whether they sort of thought, well, we could pro- kind of need a bit of outside run, and they did talk about this like North Melbourne six to twelve months ago. They want to become a lot faster, more of an outside, like not more of an outside team, but want to get that balance a bit better. Playing at Eddie Had Stadium, which is quite a fast track, so whether go to suit them there, and I don't know, maybe Sonzi will, the MCG will suit him better. I'm not too sure. So yeah, that's mm. uh, yeah. We'll um we'll see how that one goes. What about uh, our third round picks? Uh, Paul. Curtis and Miller Bergman. Do you know much about them? Uh, I did. I didn't for the draft began, but I did go and do some research today with uh, those two. Uh, yep. Curtis, I'd heard about, and uh, he was he was making his way up the rankings. So to get him at thirty five, I think is uh, I think is a big win for you guys. Yeah. Um, and especially considering you got him with your third pick in the draft, uh, which did allow you to go talent for the first two selections. Yeah. Um. Uh, he brings. He's got a lot of X factor, and he has a high level of footy smarts. Hmm. Um, I will question, much like uh, Rochelle that the Crows took, his ability to transition into the midfield. But uh, I think with Bergman now and Horn Francis, uh, you shouldn't. You that shouldn't be a major concern for yeah. North Melbourne. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, Miller Bergman. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Miller Bergman as well. Um, I thought it was interesting you guys would have gone a forward considering how many you had on your list. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can go to... Uh, although uh, he's very versatile and he can play on the wing and uh, half back. Yeah. Which, which is what North Melbourne might have seen. Yeah. Uh, and he takes the ball well in his hands as well and has a, and has a lot of footy smarts and decision-making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's sort of... Um, I think he's... Like uh, kind of a rebounding quick defender, from what I understand. So he's got uh, seems to have decent skills. So yeah, and uh, grew up a North supporter, so that probably um helps helps his case a little bit. Yeah, and he, but he averaged like one goal a game as well. So which is quite mm. which is quite yeah you know, good for a, probably a wingman like he said halfback flanker. So yeah, Paul Curtis. Um, it looks like he's got a like some silky skills. Like he's got a good left foot. Mm. But like you said, I don't think you can push in their midfield, and that's fine. You, you know, I mean, sometimes you just play, players can just play as a forward, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I mean, it's a very tough position to play. Would, would you compare him to anyone in particular, like a Paul Curtis? Like they did talk about uh, a, comparing him to a McAdam from Adelaide Crows. Is that uh, a fair comparison? Yeah, I think so. I think that is a fair comparison. Um... Yeah, that's pro- that's probably a good one. That there's not really anyone else that I can think of that I would compare him to. Yeah, He's, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's um, there's not many of those types of players that plays like a deep forward like a McAdam, pretty much just permanently mm. play like that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's probably a hard player to um to compare him to anyone really. So, yeah, no, mm. it's fair enough. Um, which players surprise you that maybe slid down the draft board? Besides, obviously, uh, probably Goder and Sonzi. Uh, Arlo Draper was one who slid right down. Um, I think I said last time I was on that uh, you guys should consider him at 22. Yeah. And uh, I do believe, I didn't think Goder would be on the board at 22. So I think you guys made a better decision going there. Yeah. And, uh, and also the fact Cal Twomey had him at uh, 26 in his Phantom draft as well, which... Yeah. Uh, I think the fact that he wasn't selected by a 435 should have had some clubs coming and trading for him, especially those that needed that kind of uh, wingman half-forward type that can push forward and kick goals. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. But what about, uh, like, uh, Rick Bazo? I mean, there was, I mean, there's a lot of talk that we'll, he might have gone in the 20s, even early 30s. Uh, do you know mm-hmm. why he slid down? I mean, I, I knew when it got to West Coast that they were probably going to take the homegrown talent. But um, we surprised, like, with a draft that didn't have many key position backmen in it, like there was only, I think, Lee Galeer and maybe one or two others in it that, that I can think of. Mm. But are you surprised that it, maybe he slipped down a bit? Uh, not too surprised. I think he could have probably pushed up maybe five, maybe ten so five to ten more spots could have been like an early 20s selection, but uh, he may have just slipped down due to the fact that next year there's a lot of tools on the menu and yeah. uh, clubs may have been looking forward to next year instead of going with a key with a key backman in a midfielder's draft. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that, that's, that's probably different. Yeah. No, that's probably a fair answer. And that's that's a fair call. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it definitely was midfield heavy, this draft. So, any players... You you maybe think that went a bit too early that you're not that you were surprised that you probably think oh I don't know about this one. Uh, I did have 
Kyle uh, Kyle Lockman in uh, that went night one. Uh, in my opinion, it came from the clouds. Um, oh. I knew I know some had him going early on uh, Thursday night, but uh, honestly, I didn't have him. I didn't have him in my top thirty. Oh, okay. Well, I do see why the lines went there, though. I mean, he's a he's a very talented small forward. He was one of the he was one of the best in this draft in terms of the small forward potential. Oh. Okay, is he as good as Motwop? Do you think Jesse Motlop? Uh or I think Motlop just and then Lockman. So I wonder maybe the lines didn't go there because they didn't want to annoy Fremantle. Yeah, but yeah. That would be the only thought there. Okay, well, yeah, that's fair enough because yeah, I mean, I think well, Motlop went at twenty-seven. I thought we might have been a chance because we kind of need that um, small, fast mm. uh, forward. But obviously, Josh Goder was probably just too good of a prospect to pass up. Where it was. Uh, do you think overall that North Melbourne drafted pretty well? I mean, we, we obviously had Jackson Archer, son of Glenn Archer, who plays very similar, but we don't expect too much from him in the next year or two. Um, just uh, he looks very raw. He, he, I mean, he's very tough and courageous, like his old man by the looks of it. So, but besides him, do you think we drafted pretty well? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I always had one eye on North Melbourne, so I was. Um... I was very, very impressed with the way you guys went. I mean, obviously, Horn Francis is is just a talent. It's just going to get North fans excited. Yeah. He fits your list. Yeah. Uh, Paul Curtis also another one that fits the list, and uh, Joshy Goda obviously filling out uh, filling out some more talent and a uh, good prospect to get in the twenties. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Miller, Miller Bergman as well. Uh, definitely going to help on the wing and uh, push yeah. forward as you uh, as you have alluded to. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, Jackson yeah. Archer also just on him. Um, you were saying before that he probably needs to that he's going to be a couple of years away. I read today he's a seventy kilograms, so he's definitely going to need to put on some more weight. Yeah, in the yeah, uh, yeah no, I've I've watched a lot of him. He looks he looks very skinny, but um, you know, it's good to have someone with an Archer name, I suppose, at the club. So yeah. it's something there. Yeah, but. Yeah, supporters will love and get behind. So we'll uh, see how we go. We didn't talk much about Jason on Francis, but I think the media and and so forth have pretty much done that to death. So mm. there's only so much you can say yeah. about one per player. But I mean, you kind of you kind of already half won the draft when you picked him at uh, pick one. So you happy? Like you're a being a St Kilda man. You happy how the Saints drafted as well? Uh yeah. I uh, I love what Messiah can do. Jeez, he, uh, he's He's confusing players left and right that are trying to catch him. So hopefully, uh, yeah, he can. Uh, yeah, he he's got me very excited. And then obviously the two NGA lads as well. Machido um, Owens has been compared to Jack Steele, so uh, one of them's one of them's enough for the opposition. If we can get two, that's ideal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that'll, yeah, yeah, other, that'll be good. Yeah, and the other yeah. lads are exciting as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm. Look, we won't get a gauge for two or three more years, but um, yeah, you kind of have a rough idea of, of how, how you did in the draft and um, yeah, what sort of uh, plays you picked and how they're going to fit in your team for the future. Any plays you were surprised that didn't get drafted or even rookie listed? Um, not that I can really think of. I mean, obviously the rookie draft and the preseason draft happened today, so uh, yeah. there's not. So most of the talent in the crop is now on an AFL list. Um, yeah. And there were 800 prospects, so hopefully we do get a little bit of a Tim Kelly story coming from this crop uh, in a couple of years. That'd be nice. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%, wouldn't it? So you think, um, like, I know this is very, very early, but do you think next year's crop will be better or is it just like, is it too early to tell because it's, it's very different? It looks like, um, like you said, it's going to be a, a key position almost and a taller draft next year rather than actually rookies dominating like this year. Um, I don't know whether or not it'll be, do you mean compared to next year's crop? When you say well, better, do you mean... Oh, do you think there's more better, just better uh, individual talent, like in next year? Um, n- not, not really. No, I wouldn't say. I mean, yeah, all drafts have set individuals that are very talented, and all drafts have set individuals that will inevitably not be able to make it work at the uh, at the highest level, which is unfortunate. But uh, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's very early, um, early, yeah, early to tell, and we we still don't have a great gauge um, in this year's crop, mainly because you know, like of COVID, if, you know, just like players only playing, some players only playing probably six, seven games uh, throughout the year, so it's it's very hard to tell in it, like. Um, like even the last two years, really, like we've just had COVID affected years. So hopefully next year we can just um, see some more uh, junior football. And we can get a bit of a better gauge of of some of this younger talent coming through. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've seen enough of Jason Lord Francis playing in the Sandful, as you would have seen as well, and even the Western Australian boards. Um, you probably would have got a, more of a yeah of an understanding of what what players were coming through there. Just um, because they, they obviously weren't as uh, COVID-affected as uh, New South Wales and uh, Victoria. So, yeah, well, um, hopefully next year it'll be a bit better. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to finally see an under-18 championship uh, that uh, goes ahead without COVID because that's really where I think most of the recruiters start to make decisions because it's very hard to play uh, ifs and buts if you're not getting lads that are playing senior footy. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, anyways, Lachlan, where can people find you again? Uh, I am on Big Footy at uh, Go, Go Saints 12, capital G, capital S. And I did, just in the last couple of days, set myself up an Instagram account. It's uh, oh. at Armchair Draft Expert, capital okay. A, capital D, and capital E. Okay, no, well, that's a good uh, that's a good plug. Hopefully you get a few more followers, so that, that'll be good. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a pleasure, Lachlan. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's uh, been, uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks to Lockie for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was good to get a bit of a draft recap. He was um, very, very um, pleasantly surprised, like a few people, that uh, Josh Goder slipped down uh, to number 22. So that looks like a, a bit of a winner. Um, he sounds like he's going to be a good player. And a couple of feel-good stories too. Um, Josh Goder being a North Melbourne supporter with Miller Bergman and even and getting Jackson Archer. So, yeah, that's... Um, that's a really good draft uh, in itself, but um, to get uh, Jason or Francis, I mean that's uh, it's it, it's it's gone out of control. The, the hype and the frenzy that's gone with him, but um, yeah, we can't help but get excited. We've never had a first round draft pick, so it's good to get get that uh, out the way now, and uh, hopefully uh, we can see some. Uh, improvement over the next couple of years i mean i still think we're still a couple of years away from uh, competing into a final spot but um yeah it's going to be a pretty exciting team when you put uh jai simpkin taron thomas jason or francis um you know stevenson uh and a number of others that uh, are really exciting prospects uh anyways don't forget to like us 
and subscribe to the show uh, on Apple Tune, uh, on iTunes. Uh, thanks to Kanga Briff, I think it was, that uh, left another review. So that's uh, come in very handy. I really appreciate it. Um, next show, I'll probably do next week. Uh, I'll probably... Yeah, I'm obviously working on a few things, so yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll let you listeners know when that comes out, um, and that's about it. Uh, so today's shout out I'll give to Nick Del Santo. Bye for now.